Thanks to Raycon Wireless Earbuds for supporting FilmSack. Raycon Earbuds started about half the price of any other premium wireless earbuds on the market. For a limited time, get 20% off your order at buyraycon.com slash FilmSack. He loses his seat, goes through the windscreen, head first straight into the tree, right? And then bounces back through the windscreen. Now by the time we got to him, he was just sitting there trying to scream with his face ripped off. What's the matter? I'm not hungry, am I? Look what's turned up for Sunday dinner. <laughs> this is Film Sack. Sure. Hello, my pretties, and welcome back to Film Sack. This is Film Sack, mining the very depths of film entertainment for all mankind. This is episode 490. This goes out on the weekend of Sunday, on November 22nd, 2020. I'm Scott Johnson, joined today by Brian. He is the Knight Rider Dunaway. Oh, hi. I am the Knight Rider. Oh, hi. Listen, honey. I'm really tired. I've been out on the terminal psychotic roads of Australia tailgating injustice in my post-apocalyptic Ford, post-apocalyptic Ford Falcon <laughs> pursuit vehicle, sweating balls in these leather pants for three days, and trying to figure out if my boss is a shirtless ex-wrestler or a French poodle dressed up as a police chief. Both are equally insane. So if you could just give me a minute. I just want to take a shower, grab a bite to eat. I would be more than glad to satisfy your needs. Oh, do I want to listen to you having at the sax? I thought you said the sex. <laughs> no, no. I do not want to listen to you having at the sax unless you play it sexy. <laughs> What's that? That's the only way you can play the sax? Then by all means, sex up that saxophone. Okay, we gone, Randy. <laughs> <laughs> it sends a new pattern each week. We're going to get a Randy mm-hmm. after uh, Brian's Randy. thing. Also with us, speaking of, Randy, he likes ripping toes as well. Jordan. Hello, Scott. Brian. Brian. And to all the rest of you, thank you for coming. This is indeed the casting call for the movie we're making, and we're pleased to announce that you do not have to audition. Every one of you who showed up have been awarded parts in this film. I am not Mr. Miller. I'm the producer. Mr. Miller is the one you might have spotted outside pointing a 35mm camera at you as you all arrived. And he was also getting footage of some of you talking to each other and remarkably two of you dancing in the middle of the street. So I'm pleased to say that as of right now, we've already shot 20% of the film. Now, before we get started on the rest, I need all of you to grunt your acceptance to the following three rules for being in this movie. Number one. You will not get paid any money. Mr. Miller arranged some financing for this project, but he spent it all in a chop shop in Melbourne making two entire cars. Number two, you will not be provided any wardrobe or makeup or hairstyling or motorcycles. You will provide all of those yourself and the movie will look however it looks as a result. (laughs) Number three, you are required to leave now if you have ever read any American comic books from the past few years about a cop whose family is murdered by motorcycle gangsters turning him into a murderous vigilante. 
Mm. Anyone? <laughs> Good. We will never speak of this again. And action. <laughs> wow. That, sound, that sums it up pretty well. Uh, but we got one more. And it comes mm. from Brian. He's the first road war. I'm sorry. He's the first road warrior done. O- Ib- Ibbit. Yeah. God dang it. We do it again. <laughs> I go away for a week and I F it up. One more time. Yeah. Brian, he's right. the first road war- warrior. Ibbit. Close enough. What's this I hear about you and Charlie? No, I think now is a perfectly good time for us to have this argument. Yeah, this police chase is going on all around us, but your perceived infidelity is way more important for us to discuss. No, we're right next to a highway, but I think it's totally fine that you let your toddler wander into the street because for Pete's sake, what's going on with you and Johnny? I hear you two went to the cop bar where the silly putty stretch Lady Gaga performs live every night. And hey, there's Johnny right now driving a stupid camper that he keeps filled with saucepans. Hey, Johnny, what's this I hear about you and my girl in those saucepans? I better not see her call- you calling her again from that red telephone booth out the middle of nowhere. Hey, do you hear sirens? <laughs> that accent wavered back and forth a little bit. It was Cockney for yeah, a second. Yeah, a little British, a little Australian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's all right. How, That's all right. how we all key on, on different weird things. Yeah. Yes. Mm, yeah. You know, like, like uh, uh, it spotted the phone box uh, sitting up. In the well, I did, which is really weird. How is that hooked up? There's like nothing else going on work? out there. It was there to be run over with a car. That's why they did it. Literally. Uh, so we're talking about the 1979 I don't know if I'd call it a smash hit, but the breakout hit Mad Max by George Miller, director who at the time was working as an ER doctor in Australia and had no plans for a future as a legendary director in Hollywood uh, or otherwise. But this changed everything for him. And he literally paid for it with very little money and beer. Uh, that's <laughs> some of the extras were literally paid with beer for a period of the movie. Of beer? Is it Foster's? Uh, that's Australian for beer. That is right? Australian that, for beer. Yeah. yeah, Australians get mad when they when we say that over here. They think that that stuff. Well, sucks. of course they do. Yeah, do you mean they get mad when we call Foster's beer or when we use the phrase "that's Australian for beer"? They they don't like that phrase because they think that Foster's is terrible and it's a bad beer. They, and they probably they probably have ads that we've never even heard that are like Ruffles. It's American for crisps. Right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure there's something like Ford. As American as apple pie. Yeah, right. something that would annoy That's the That's what all those us. Americans say. Yeah. Uh, I, I, like the Outback, they probably think that's ridiculous. Like the the steak place. Like, oh, yeah. I'm sure mm-hmm. all that stuff drives those people crazy. No but yeah. in 1979, what drove them crazy was this little film Ford called Falcons. Mad Max. That's right. $340,000 total was spent on this thing. Ten of which went to the uh, to that point unheard of and still in film school or acting classes. Mel Gibson, uh, more than that, most of the money went to those cars, like Randy mentioned. Those cars were very expensive to build, and really, uh, it's like guerrilla filmmaking at its finest. It's a dude what has an idea, and he's like, "All right, let me get my friends together. We're gonna go make a thing, and we're gonna do it when the police aren't around because we're gonna film all our shit on roads we're not allowed to be on." And that's what makes this film, I think, still very interesting. Now, is this anything close to the work he would do later? No, not even close to the sequel. Oh, no, there's no happy feet in any of this. No, there's no happy feet. There's no babe pig in the city. There's no Mad Max Fury Road. There's no any of that. It's just this start of a thing that very quickly would change. And it's funny because all the other Mad Max films 
have a final scene that is the thing you go to the Mad Max films for, which is all of the cars chasing Mel Gibson's car Mm -hmm. or bus Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. truck or whatever. And they've all got, you know, these wacky techniques of how they're going to stop you and what they're going to do to your tires or how they're going to latch onto the car. And, um, no, these guys all decide uh, very cleverly to try and go one at a time after yeah, yeah, yeah. Mad Max. <laughs> we should split up. We should split up. Yeah. That's a good idea. Let's do a one-on-one every time. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. It's, what's interesting is is it, this feels like, okay, I'm going to go out on a limb and maybe it's just true by its very nature or maybe I'm wrong. Okay, so I'm willing to argue about it if anyone has an altered opinion here. <laughs> But this feels like a movie <clears throat> that is nothing like what would come later in the Mad Max franchise. And mm-hmm. part of me wonders if this movie l- was meant to look sparse and empty, as empty and as sparse as they could make it look on the coast of Melbourne at the time, with some greenery and stuff, which would never show up in these movies again. Um, they they did all that because he couldn't afford anything else. Like the budget yeah, was so there low. Was, there was zero intention in this film other than to try to get to point a to point B with whatever means they had at their hands. Right. But not only that, it was just a biker, like biker gang is bad movie and we need to fight them. And Oh no, now, now Max needs revenge because his family was murdered by this biker gang, but it really doesn't have any other revenge that just is, is so, you know, true. Yeah, you know, but it like, just doesn't. It doesn't. Oh, oh, yeah, any... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill your guy. Oh yeah, well, I'm gonna kill your guy back. And you know, it's just gonna be well, right. Whole... Yeah, and and the other movies don't have to do with revenge either. It's more no. like escape and you right. know, getting this uh, truck full of water, sand uh, across the uh, <laughs> across the desert, or helping these kids escape, or or just surviving. Right. It's all yeah, survival like all pure... the time, and and running away yeah. from your insanity while the rest of the world goes more and more insane which is kind of mm-hmm. you know that, that's more, the fruition more, of it all yeah. but it feels like he falls into it because he had no money do you know what i mean like yeah like yeah. all of right. that is yeah. an accident and what a happy accident because i would argue i mean you guys know me well enough that i'm gonna say this but my favorite subgenre <laughs> maybe of all time is is dystopic Dystopian. future mm-hmm. apocalyptic everything's burned out everything's desert shit i or or all that. ocean don't don't forget that too Sure, well, going to have all ocean. Well, it's just yeah. still dystopian, still. There's, yeah, yeah, <laughs> but not full of dirt. Yeah. There's little right. doubt that that Miller actually discovered that after basically making the film, though. Right. That's the thing. Right. Like yeah. this is a film with with a very very short script. The goal the goal was to uh, have these great uh, action pieces, right? These amazing stunts and uh, special effects. And, uh, you know, to, to almost make it a silent film, like the, the dialogue is very intentional and there's very little of it. Right. And it's like the, his constraints, like, as you said, the budget, which, which is basically zero made him go film out in the country, made him film in, in places where there weren't, you know, electrical wires hanging on posts and this kind of thing. And it feels like at the end of filming, he realized, oh, you know, like I need to say this is set in the future because I, you know, uh, it, it, in the future I can explain why there aren't any helicopters or all, you know, whatever the thing is that's going to break the, the plot holes. Right. And like, that's cool and everything, but wow, he's lucky he figured that out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like, because Absolutely. A, 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 you- adding on that little bit that that's in the future makes the whole thing different. 
You yeah, know? Right. I, I agree. Like the minute you figure that out, you now have a signature thing that, well, it certainly affected my life in very profound ways. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. And, uh, and I'm, up, sure if, I'm sure if you sat down with Miller during this time, he would give you, you know, he, he was just copying things that he had seen mm-hmm. and then figure out a way to make it work within his film. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, but it seemed brand new to us because that was our, you know, it's 79 and, and all of us are of, of an age that it would fit perfectly within that frame. Anything before this would have probably passed us by, weren't old enough. And anything after right. that would just be, you know. But this all remind. this was all definitely at a time when we were getting things like the Warriors and, you know, other stuff like that. Like theme gangs were the were the hot tip in the late 70s, early 80s. Mm-hmm. And this was definitely one of those where that biker gang was just like a weird theme gang. We wouldn't get to a point for a while where his well, gangs well, well, were, you know, horrible, awful, bloodthirsty creatures with a bunch of war boys and irradiated right. landscapes and all that stuff would just come later. But what, this, what exactly was their theme other than just being uh, dirty, dusty, dusty yeah, Australians? Dirty. <laughs> no, that's yeah. a good point. It's not. It doesn't go all in like having a baseball team. And no, freaking, right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Now, These are all they, the, the Hispanic gang. Was, and the, right. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was it was with it was uh, characters within the gang. So there wasn't really theme gangs, but I will go with you on that. There was characters uh, like yeah. there's Monkey Boy who wears the monkey thing, and he's everything he does is you know he's climbing on stuff. Everybody right. had, they, everybody had to grab a, a was, hold of yeah. a theme. Mm-hmm. They were kind yeah. of the X Men, right? I mean, they all yeah, had yeah. you know it was uh, the guy from the Little Rascals, uh, Froggy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You yeah. heard at the top of the show, and Toad yeah. Ripper, of course, famously uh, Hugh Keys Burn who played uh, Immortan Joe all these years later in uh, Mad Max Fury Road. So, oh, which one is he? He's the main bad guy. He's Toe Ripper. So that, oh, dude, that dude with all the Ripper. hair. I love to call him Toe Ripper. Well, that's his name in the thing. Toe Cutter. Or toe, toe cutter. I keep saying Ripper. Yeah, it's Toe, toe Cutter. cutter. Yeah, it's Toe Cutter. I, I like Toenail Ripper just as much. I don't know which is more scary. I keep saying Toe, toe Ripper cutter for some reason. Or toe Ripper. I don't but if know. you look at that gif in the chat uh, or in our Discord, Brian, that last one I put in there where he sits up, that's him. Yeah, that's a Morton. Yeah, guy. okay. I love that one. I wow, I did one. not realize that. Yep. So they, you even mentioned that last week, and I forgot about it. I forgot to kind of look, and I mean, unrecognizable, obviously, because he's got the big old thing in, in on his face in uh, Fury Road. But sure, sure. is, um, is it the same character or is it just the no, same? No, no, actor? just the it's same. Different actor. character, right? Yeah, totally different. Oh, character. yeah. I guess it couldn't be the same. Yeah, yeah. I don't think there's same. any. That's the other thing with Mad Max movies. I don't. Now that I look back at them all. For the good and for the bad and for the in between, there's no timeline. You know, I I think you know, I think for me at least, Immortan Joe is a toenail ripper. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know what? I, I think I'm going to go back and say what I'm going to say that Randy's. No, what is the word Immortan about? Like he survives all of this previous stuff. Yeah, right. I mean, but we're filling that all in. Like, there's no. What I'm saying is, there's no canon that exists where it says these are the two well, same two right, characters. Right, right. Yeah, there's no direct canon. But I'm with you, Ibit. It, it, it would make sense because everybody that got killed in car accidents in this usually didn't get killed. They just got maimed. Right. And, and he, you know, and then and they would come back. He was the guy who uh, eyes bulged out, hit the front. Oh of my the god! Thing. That was yeah. great. That was great. Yeah. So here's, <laughs> so here's I a. Say, um, I just want to say, uh, for me, Hugh Keys Burn, uh, his performance was the best thing in the movie. Oh, he's great. And he's great. He's sitting on the beach. He's just talking about whatever's on his mind. He's perfect. His he's solar a, blanket. He's pretty, yeah. Right. <laughs> so there's a whole. I mean, as you might imagine, there are uh, miles of Reddit posts saying, "Could Toe Cutter have survived and become Mort- and Morton Joe?" There's like just uh, yes, constant back so, and forth. So. Here's the thing, jo- or, uh, re- uh, director and writer. Uh, you know him as George Miller. 
the famous filmmaker who made this movie. Uh, he said they are not. They are two villains. Ah, uh, let's see. No. Yeah. So it makes sense <laughs> okay. to me that they're not. But I love that they recast him. What a great homage it is to where all this started. You know, to put him in there yeah, again. Totally. And, and all that. And I know that there are other people on the crew that were there in the original thing as well. But I think actor wise, that's that's pretty much your guy. Um, but imagine playing, you know, certainly in this movie, if you look at it and go, OK, who's the most memorable character here? Well, it's him. And who's who's arguably one of at least one of the most memorable characters in Fury Road. And it's totally Morton Joe. I mean, yeah. that's a big mm-hmm. deal. So I say hats mm-hmm. off to Hugh Keys Burn for his <laughs> fantastic portrayal of Toe Cutter Ripper Jr. <laughs> It's especially, Clipper, Junior. <laughs> it's especially amazing when when you get some good acting out of someone under these conditions, right? Like this film was not made in inside a studio, you know, where people are comfortable and they're living in trailers and catered to and so on, you know? Mm-hmm. Like like the, this was this was totally seat of your pants. Go sit down there in the sand and start talking kind of filmmaking and somehow the edit it, brings it all together there's also Although some crazy I, danger too right like if they're they're going mm-hmm. to roads where they don't have permission they haven't done any of the proper stuff because it's expensive and time consuming and all of that they would go at times where they were sure there weren't cops around and they would f- really rapidly film these crazy car sequences which you know by fury road standards barely any but for its time this is you know there's some big they're big stunts in here they're still pretty impressive that car flying through that trailer is, is something else um, and the one where it's got like a booster on the back and it's kind of skipping down the road. That's also yeah. just trippy. I can't believe they pulled that stuff yeah. off, but they're doing it like at the seat of their pants and they've all got radios. Uh, what I read it's was their leather pants. It says the, uh, the crew would close roads without filming permits. So they'd literally close roads so people couldn't get down the things. And then they'd use walkie talkies, uh, but they'd have to change frequencies hey, all the it, time. Yeah. The police radio would pick it up. Give me, give me a, a a normal Melbourne person uh, going down the road, and then this film crew stops them. What do you, what do you think they're gonna say? What do you, do you think an accent for that? You got a, a pissed off <laughs> oh, well, attitude. Me, all right, so let me see my Melbourne. Uh-huh. Hi, yeah. what do you think you're doing out here? <laughs> <laughs> There's something. You're a filming more... something. You almost hit my red telephone booth. <laughs> and and uh, uh, I've already said this and I wrote this more than once, the word competent, really competently filmed. Mm-hmm. Like uh, mm-hmm. Miller Miller is working with actually good equipment. I don't understand how he got it. Mm. Uh, oh, there's it, a story behind that. Mm. Okay, great. I'm sure it. there is. He Everything about this movie, there's a story it behind it. It was all broke stuff that he purchased it really cheap from another film. Mm. Oh, so, really? And then fixed yeah, it, and uh, used for this? Yeah, they were going to uh, dispose of most of it because the big budget film that had used it, uh, it, it a lot of the equipment got damaged, and but it was still functional. Mm. So that he just kind of band-aided it together. Uh, I freaking love that, dude. What's Mm -hmm. great about that story is that by the end of filming or as the filming progressed, and they did it all in like two weeks, but toward the end, some of the Victoria police were interested and thought it was interesting and then would help them close roads and escort vehicles and stuff. (laughs) Like there's something about that where the rules don't apply. The OSHA violations aren't there. There's no, um, Mm -hmm. you know, there's not some big group of uh of stuntmen with their own unions that are like complaining about conditions and all this bullshit you usually have to go through and all the paperwork it just isn't there now is that good for you know a thriving industry like the film business no but for this project what it's like kids and a video camera in the 80s running through the hills making a horror movie i love that kind of thing Mm -hmm. so that that i'm gonna i'm gonna take on what you have said right there i'm gonna add on this is another one of those movies where 
I never saw this one because I had seen the second one first, and I Me really too. didn't want to go back. Yeah, and yeah. I did eventually oh, yeah. go back and watch it. Yeah, but I actually uh, thought I actually thought the second one was the first one. I I yeah, saw yeah I saw the Road Warrior, and and for those of you outside the United States, that's what it was called here. Yeah, and I thought that, that I thought like Rambo, like it started with the Road Warrior, and then it turned into his name, Mad Max, mm-hmm. and so I never saw Mad Max. And I don't think I've ever seen Beyond Thunderdome either. Oh, you what? should see Beyond Thunderdome. You should see you it. You are in for a pleasure, oh my, my friend. Oh, my gosh. It's a yes. good time. Grab your saxophone. You're about to be. I mean, none of, <laughs> none of these, for the record, none of these are Fury Road quality, like level. But you got to see them all. And really, <laughs> the, yeah. who, the Who Runs Barter right, well, Town well, stuff let's, let's, is worth it alone. Let, Let's analyze that though, because um, are you talking about technical filming quality? Are you talking about? I mean everything. Storyline, story, I, look, feel, tone, editing. Road Warrior for me, and maybe it's nostalgia, but there's such a. It's it's up at the top for me with Fury Road as far as like if I were to put all four of these in in order, and sadly Mad Max would be the fourth one, the lowest one, but oh, easily, um, it raised up from the first from the only other time i've ever seen this because i think i was i was purely expecting all right well it's going to be another road warrior movie because i think i saw it i definitely saw it after road warrior but i might have even seen it after beyond thunderdome Mm -hmm. thinking all right well mad max it's going to be more of the same and it really wasn't and it felt slower and i was really wanting some some of the same kind of action that i saw in the first movie or the the other two movies but um but road warrior for me has a level of we've talked about this with movies before a level of discomfort that i feel on off uh, off the edge throughout the whole film and i don't know if i have that with fury road as much as i have it with road warrior that's, and it really adds to the that's interesting the, that was, the feeling that, of road warrior hmm. was the weird thing for me this movie should have had a lot more fear in it mm-hmm. i don't understand it's almost like he's he's so good at these shots and getting nice performances out of his principles that you don't actually feel the fear you should like okay so one of the biggest uh disconnects in this film for me was the fact that it's supposed to be in the future and there's supposed to be a little bit of a breakdown of society that's the only explanation for these motorcycle gangsters roaming around at will right the the army doesn't come in and stomp on them because the army doesn't exist now or something like that so you you have to put that aside but then they're like we're gonna uh, you know, we're going to go to the store and there's a store and it's working. So, you know, people still have money. They still have electricity. You know what I'm saying? Like, so mm-hmm. there's a disconnect there and it's, and it's and that disconnect where you're being reminded constantly, Oh, it's actually not that bad. They don't live in, they don't live in a society that's broken down that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it papers over this woman walking through the woods being hunted. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, that should be terrifying. Yeah. When she, when she says, I'm going to drive off on my own. I'm going to leave you here at the chop shop and drive off on my own with the baby. And you know she's being hunted. Like, you should be scared. But the fact is, they're not living in a society that's totally scary. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's, it's a lawless society, but there's still, you know, there was still stores and things and you know, Western times, right? right. Watch so, those all the time. Is this a little more lawless? So it seems mm-hmm. like, again, it's one of those things like Miller just wasn't thinking that far ahead, right? It just, he wasn't. No, they're just whipping this. it out. They're just re- cranking it. And there's something really yeah. visceral and fun about that. And it, it makes me wonder if the reason I love Fury Road so much or Road Warrior for that matter, is that that visceralness, that, that 
intensity now has a budget and and other factors that make it so you can fully realize what you're what's in your head more so than you could right. with your little guerrilla filmmaking tiny movie that you made and and it was all in there and we're seeing bursts of it it's like whoa look at that moment or look at this i can't believe they got that shot or or whatever and then it's filled in with a bunch of other cheesy stuff like him at home with his wife is just all that stuff was just throwaway terrible the music was bad like yeah. all that thing but <clears throat> the the bits of brilliance about the, the home and his yeah. with his wife yeah. I yeah, thought yeah. that was fantastic yeah i hated all that but the the <laughs> the, the but the the moments of brilliance it, were the moments of brilliance were like oh but there yeah there's more here to this and it's just cuz there's a raw there's a rawness to it so now that he's a big shot and can do whatever he wants and make his own ticket, it's just about spending as much money as you need, getting the right people you want, and now you can just make whatever you want, and so, that's great. Like that, what a what a great way to start your career. And there's a lot, you know, other examples of this. Like I would argue that Sam Raimi, and we talked about this with Evil Dead. Like that's that's a right. that's an origin story for a director and a style that that was all about them doing the thing they wanted to do and not being constrained by Hollywood restraints and. I'd love that. That stuff always turns out we, better for me. Do we see that? Do we see that as much now? I mean, it seemed like the late seventies, kind of, or the seventies itself. It seemed like there was a whole generation of directors coming up, and a lot of them were trying to operate outside of the Hollywood uh, studio market, but eventually kind of crept in. Even Spielberg uh, and Lucas. So I, I'm just curious: do we see that anymore at all? Is I mean, is it impossible to really distribute a movie uh, to that point without Hollywood involvement or I mean look there's there's never been and everyone always says this like actual filmmakers say oh, I think the next generation of filmmakers are going to be insane because they've all got stuff in their pocket that's good enough to make an entire film and they can do it without you know, right. any constraints but distribution is the problem right right well not just distribution but also what where what are you doing creatively that's different like what can you what can you actually offer if I've got a, a, a phone or a camera in my pocket that's more powerful than anything Spielberg ever owned <laughs> but what ideas do I have that that can so like hardcore end, Henry right that was that was kind of that guerrilla style uh, filmmaking that it was taking advantage of using you know just everyday equipment right and, yeah. and a new idea of how to do it but kinda, it really didn't kind of but anything, it was also right? it was also a bit of a gimmick right. Oof. Like they yeah. were just saying, hey, what if it was this first person thing this whole time? Yeah, hey, cool idea. And I'm not saying that's bad. I'm just saying. It's harder now than ever to like really grab somebody with something new. Yeah, um, it is. <laughs> and I and I don't know. So so like all of the tools available to everybody, you still have this problem of what brilliant idea is going to come out of it. And they still happen. Certainly, you know, there's there will be a new generation of creators and filmmakers. And they are all right now. There's some 15 year old with a iPhone blowing his parents' minds, and one day will become right. the dude. You know. But yeah. right now, we, I just don't know what that is. I don't know what that looks I'd like. I'd like to see a whole class graduate because that's what I think I see. I think I see a lot of individuals slowly creeping in and working through the system. But I don't see like a whole, you know, a whole class of, of filmmakers just splashing the scene right now. Yeah. We see, we see people on TikTok every single day doing things that would have been considered, you know, truly great short films 30 years mm. ago. And I am not, right. I am not saying that the industry is going to move to a 60 second format or some nonsense like that. That's not, right, you know, yeah, that's crazy. Call. What, mm-hmm. like a nine minute format? That would be insane. Who would do something like that? But, it would fail. Yeah. <laughs> but I am saying that you could, you can easily see how there is like a, this revolution coming uh, among young filmmakers where 
they are doing sort of the 2020s version of what George Miller was doing in this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And there again, so- I, I think I think it's just too early to say because every time somebody says, oh, we've done it all, then someone does something else. You know, like mm-hmm. that, yeah, I, yeah. I'm not a believer we- that anything ever stops. But I've always, are we gonna- loved- I've always loved this Cheech and Chong joke where. Uh, they're pretending to be Hollywood producers, and one of them says, "The kids these days—they're—they're uh, they're music producers. The kids these days—they're so hung up on the lyrics." I always think of that because, like, it's true, and we are all very hung up on the script for this movie, and and uh, that's a, that's a shame, you know, because it does it doesn't really do the movie any justice to be to be worried too much about what the characters are saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, You know what? Because most of it I can't understand. And I couldn't understand also (laughs) whether or not... Originally, originally this was uh, dubbed with American voices. Now, what we watched on Netflix, I I didn't do any research. Does anybody know if there was any partial dubbing? We saw the restored uh, version. So there was... was, This movie was made. It was distributed in Australia only. And then uh, it was successful enough that they were able to distribute it outside of Australia. And for American audiences, someone dubbed vo- uh, American voices over the entire thing. And that's how it was seen by Americans for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And then in 2002, they put an end to that and they restored it globally to the, the voices that we heard. Yeah. And I went hardcore. I did not turn on the subtitles. I wanted to, but I did not. I said, no. I almost, some I almost did. I almost did because I just it was. <clears throat> there were moments of not just the. It's not that the accents were a problem for me. Just the the recordings of the voices were just kind of yeah, bad. Right. And, yeah, they some of it was intentionally, uh, you know, just mumbling. Yeah. I mean, there's he he's known for you know, look at something like Road Warrior or Fury Road or any of the fu- the future stuff. It's it's a there's not a lot of co- coherent human beings. Like everybody's mm-hmm. a little bit off and. Mm-hmm. And and whatever the most coherent person in the room is usually Max, and it's usually done and through narration. Usually, yeah, and he's usually not very coherent. No, <laughs> right, right. no. And this is the other thing too: all the Mad Max films outside of this one feature narration from Max at the beginning and the end. Usually at the end, oh, and wow. usually the beginning. Yeah. This one has none of that. So, so you don't really get the idea that he's like the last. the The, the whole concept. This is what I love about the the movies that came after. It's not about this guy who's on a revenge kick for his wife. It's not about any of those things. It's about a guy who is trying his hardest to survive and maintain the last bit of humanity and semblance of sanity that he can. And that everyone else around him are actually the crazy ones. So when we say Mad Max, we're not talking about him being angry. It's more of the old mad like crazy. Mm -hmm. And that madness, ironically, is not his. It's everyone else's and him trying to stay away from it. And, and I, I want to be clear, that. I do not think George Miller was sneaking off to a tent and huddled over copies of The Punisher. No, I, of I course really not. really don't. Of course not. <laughs> um, I, I, but he did absolutely employ every trope that you could think of for this script. You know, like, I mean, it feels like this goes back to Shakespeare and like Romans 12 out of the Bible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. He, is, he is not doing anything new. In terms of plot, <laughs> you know, well, he loves he loves films, and that's what that's what you know pushed him to do this was just just love for films and saying you know I think I can do that. Yeah, I'm I looking to see that. when Jerry Conway introduced the Punisher because it couldn't have been that much. Oh, he's 74. Okay, I was oh, thinking it was a little bit closer to and, when and this I don't was think, released. I don't think Punisher has a really strong and introduced backstory at mm-hmm. first. 
he's just a character, but he does definitely get that that typical Punisher backstory in the seventies. Like it's mm-hmm. it's it's something that George Miller yeah, and we, would have known. I don't think he did. And, well, <laughs> and a ton yeah, of Liam Neeson we, movies today. There's a lot of there's a lot there's a lot of parallel thought going on as you know we know even even today is you, you can have an idea go on the internet look it up and you can have almost a complete idea and it match exactly what somebody else is already doing i mean it's just there's and, and, and what and, comes in is it comes out right lots of times. as a right. viewer i don't want to really care like watching right. this movie I, I loved the I loved the scenes of the the sort of newlywed couple. They're in their house out in the country, uh, and and the reason I did was because I love the movie Interstellar, the Christopher Nolan movie. And mm-hmm. as soon as I saw their life there in their house out in the middle of nowhere, I thought of Matthew McConaughey's house mm-hmm. in Interstellar, and I thought I wonder if Christopher Nolan was kind of thinking about Mad Max. Like I wonder if that right. was in his in his brain mm. and uh like so that let, that entertains me mm. but i'm not saying that as viewers we should uh you know take ourselves out of of the film and and try to find those connections because i don't think there's a big huge you know like uh, homage the the interstellar mm-hmm. thing is totally this whole other story right, right. but it's yeah. like having seen them both now i i appreciated one more because i have yeah I'm right. glad I, instead of instead of making maybe instead of us thinking, uh, you know, oh, why did so and so I've seen this before and why did so and so steal this from that? Maybe we should be, like you said, kind of looking at ourselves and going, well, you know what? I I enjoy both of these artists and their different takes on a fairly similar idea. Everything's iteration. That's just how it is. Yeah. It's whether you're it talking is. about movies, t- television, books, video games, like forms of art and story expression are all you boil them down to like three and or four it's why plots. it all works because if if as an, a viewing audience we can't understand the language of the artist which is a common language which we've all you know we all have experienced the human experience then it's going to fail anyway so i mean of course we all as creators also mm-hmm. create things that are similar you're I mean, also you're also going to look at like you know <laughs> If you don't, if you don't iterate on something, and basically you're just presenting new packaging, and that's, I, I think, yeah. if you don't do that proper, then you're then you're screwed. The whole reason people love these new Marvel movies, the MCU stuff, for the last ten years, and the reason those work so well is because they're repackaged stuff we know already. They're repackaged spy right. films, they're repackaged adventure films, they're repackaged versions of something we've seen before, and the right. newness comes from, oh, all right, so. Uh, the second Captain America is basically a '70s spy thriller, but with but with superheroes in it, and that works. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Like it's a new way to do it. And I'm okay that we humans are simple in this way, and that we only have about ten plots we can handle. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. Just yeah, repackage yeah. it, make it seem fresh again, give us a new twist on it. I mean, we're we, good. We never talk about this, but uh, you know, we don't get exposed to a lot of. Okay, so let's take another society that has some really strong storytelling. The Japanese, they have some really strong storytelling. And as as an American viewer, you're used to watching uh, Hollywood formula. And when when something's redubbed or or introduced to you from outside your culture, it it seems it's like, what is this story structure doing right now? I I don't even understand. I don't even speak this this story language. And uh, it takes some adjustment, too. So it's... We never I mean, get a chance to talk about that kind of thing. I but, agree with you all, but I'd really like a trope alert because there was something oh. that blew my mind. So uh, you're being hunted by a motorcycle gang. And maybe you don't <laughs> know it, 
You know, maybe you don't know it. Mm-hmm. I don't think you knew it. You're you're off at Grandma's estate, which has these really beautiful nut trees everywhere. I thought it was Aunt May. <laughs> and sure, whatever. And uh, <laughs> you realize I haven't seen the baby in a while. You come running outside. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You come running outside. You haven't seen. You look where the baby is. You start screaming for the baby. That motorcycle gang is standing around twenty feet away from you, and yeah. for minutes you don't turn that direction. You don't look. You don't look all around they, you. You only look the other direction. Then you turn around and look. There's motorcycles parked right there next to the barn. How did you not yeah. see that? What that, is that, wrong with you? Well, they, the kid's name was Australian for kid, right? right Wasn't that right. strong? Oh, strong, sprog. sprog or something? Yes, sprog. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, they don't yeah. care. Yeah, yeah, they don't care. Child, child. Right. Yeah. Listen, he was he was distracted. He was uh, furiously looking for his uh, furious. He was looking for his kid, and he didn't see the motorcycles. And uh, makes sense. Totally, totally. No, it's a trope of, of not noticing things that just drives me yeah. absolutely crazy. It happened a couple it's, of times, like yeah. when when Max gets shot in the leg when he's pursuing when he's pursuing the biker gang at the very end after he killed his wife. He he he. You know, they're they're lured him into a trap. We've got a. We've got the boy, or we got the one biker who's ran off the road, apparently. And Max gets out of his car. He looks around, and he starts walking towards him. And all of a sudden, he gets shot. And it's yeah. like the other bikers were just standing there. There's right, nothing yeah. but open field. There's, Where were they at? I, I'd like to call this trope snuck up on you face to face because okay. it's like like it, later in that scene on the on the estate. Uh, you know, the, the woman is face off with the biker gang. They're all, they're all threatening her. They've got the baby. Right. Right. And grandma has a gun and sneaks up on them face to face. She's right in front of them. And suddenly they notice her pointing a gun at them. Like, how did she sneak up on you? She's in front of you. Yeah. I d- drove me crazy. <laughs> I kept waiting for Big and Stupid to do something, though. I I hate that Big and Stupid didn't do anything. Yeah, right. You need Big and Stupid to do more in movies. That's yeah. a that's a rule. He broke that rule. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he did. He's out in the woods scaring people, laughing about it. He just kind of yeah. gets it, runs and hides. He, adhe- he adheres to that rule did. in other movies. There's plenty of Big and Stupid that do what Big and Stupid does in other George right. Miller product productions, but in here, they, that was a MacGuffin, man. This. Yeah, he just Biggest. disappeared. We never yeah. saw Big and Stupid again. Mm-hmm. He's the chick in the bucket. In fact, yeah. here, enjoy Maybe that. Don't he's you the know it's dangerous to leave a bucket lying around? Yeah, there he is in the bucket. <laughs> just sitting in there. I am, soaking I am, Balls of justice. Yep. I am on TV tropes right now, and I'm adding the trope snuck up on you face to face. Nice. Can you, I didn't know you could add tropes to that site. Is that true? Oh, it's, yeah, it's a wiki. Oh, it's like a wiki. Huh. Oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Oh, my God, we're going to add some more tropes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look at it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we were responsible. <laughs> we were responsible for someone adding chicken a bucket to the to the TV what? Really? Years oh, years yeah, No way, yeah. no way. That's cool. That. That's awesome. And look, no, at I got to go see that. Ruining websites one day at a time here on the show. Hey, you know, at least it's not the Sylvester Stallone and Bruce Willis were both considered yeah. for the role of Mad Max. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so I got Man, some. I, just, I I fell in love with this movie. Okay, so I, I watched. You know, like I said, I didn't watch this. This wasn't the first of the Mad Max series that I watched, but I went back and watched it later and I just fell in love with the cars in this. I mean, they, they had the later versions, but it had like, they were so modified. Those Ford Falcons were so modified. Yeah. They didn't really mm-hmm. like a Ford Falcon. Now oh. the, the original had like just ground effects kits in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that they were like that, that yellow. Oh, they're so nasty. Yeah, they're really cool. Did, um, 
did they really have like different vehicles for different purposes? Like this one is the pursuit vehicle. This one is the right. intercept. Like, cause they had the no. words printed on the back, like, no. like, no. like they had a different role for each. Uh... It, and, and they actually, like, you could tell when the, when the sky would change, like the time of day would change yeah. suddenly in the middle of an action sequence that they would actually use the same car for two different car roles. You know what I mean? Like, okay. so, so Miller had to shoot this film basically in order of the cars being destroyed. He right, had to, right. he had to get all of the whole car shots made first. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the very last shots of the film were of those cars getting destroyed. He didn't have a lot of, you know, backup cars to murder. I love how subtle the, uh, <laughs> the accident, uh, I, I love how subtle Miller was with, the results of each of these car accidents that were maiming because mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. mean like uh, the, the, the guy who got chopped in the throat, I thought, Oh, he's dead. You know, he's mm-hmm. about to die. But later on, no, no, no <laughs> talking about or anything. He's just walking around with like, yeah, this voice. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Right. I was like, yeah. <laughs> cause he got, cause he got in the throat with a saucepan that was in the yeah. camper went through the window. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's, <laughs> That would translate better later. Like he uh-huh, right. he does these. I like awkward characters that feel like you're like, oh my gosh, what is this thing doing here? What is that yeah. guy? What is his deal? And he does that like crazy in future projects. I would point to the little. So all the brothers, the sons of Immortan Joe and Fury Road, are mm. great. He's got this big hulking beast of a man, uh, Rictus, who should be next in line, but he's dumb as a rock. So all the strength, no brains. He's got a son who is horribly disfigured, birth defects, all kinds of other issues. Tiny little guy about the size of a potato who has to look through everything through a spyglass. Giant brain on him. Can't physically do anything. And it's mm-hmm. and it's disconcerting. You see him sitting in that little pod chair and you're like, oh, dude, what happened to him? Like, I love those things. And George yeah. Miller does some of my favorites. And this movie has those as yeah. well. I do wish more of them were fleshed out. Like in some ways, toe cutter is just too, I don't know. He's, he's, he's very, standard. yeah. And, and he, you never know whether to be scared or not, because at one point in time, they seem fearless. And then they do all just back away when may comes at them with the gun. And, uh, you know, it's like, okay, they're, they're not, they're not, uh, at some points they seem like they're like, they're not afraid of death at all. They're like, Oh yeah. Death is not even a factor. And then other times they're like, Oh, I don't want to die. Let's I see. so wish, I so wish they hadn't gone with the trope of her getting one shot off and missing completely. Yeah. yeah. Was, mm-hmm. I'm sorry. She, if she had shot one of those guys, just yeah. one of them, just an extra, like mm-hmm. just shoot him. That would have been so much more entertaining in that moment. Yeah, you know? yeah. it would yeah. have. But with that gun, can you, uh, you? It takes like eight minutes to reload. It looks like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just got two because it's double barrel, right? She has like she has shot one, and she had like another shot, right? Is that how unless I it, unless it calculated that gun? Right. Or, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how that works. I don't know how guns work. <laughs> I don't know how guns work at all. How do they work? But yeah, like there's a there's a ah. What was I going to say? I had a thing to say. I forgot what it is. Oh. He would just get so much better at it later and give us things that would build worlds. Right now, this 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 movie. Yeah. If I'm going to call you the George Miller Miller apologist. I know That's I kind of am doing it, but <laughs> I am. But but I'm complaining about a thing, which is 
like in this film, the first one, yeah. there's no world building. It's just biker gang versus people, and we don't know why necessarily. Yeah. And we don't really feel the sense that the world's falling apart in the way that we do. There's, the world deconstruction. there's very little backstory that we have to fill in ourselves. Right. It's just pretty mm-hmm. standard and laid out for you. In the other movies, there is massive world building happening, and you don't have to do much to see it. It's like, okay, well, the war boys. All right. It's a huge culture of of not only war, but there's like a, a religious fervor about it. If they fight well, right. they go to the gates of Valhalla. So we're pulling from mythology and modern ideas and other things. And, you know, this this king, god king they have in Morton Joe, uh, you know, all of that stuff isn't explained to us. We just know. You know, so, you know, that was one of the things that I was trying to. This this is the first time I've watched this film. This film, this film. Why not? <laughs> uh, this film, in a way that was like critical, it's like okay, I want to I want to deconstruct the script and I want to deconstruct the you know why is he named Toe Cutter? I, am I going to get to see him cut toes? Cut because sure. I mean, if you call if you name a character Toe Cutter, I expect at least some point in time I expect him to be to see some toe cutting. That right. that feels like a pretty standard Miller thing, though. Like these characters that have these outlandish, bizarre names that have that probably do have a great backstory, but you're never given right. that backstory. So that is a thing. I guess he does have a little bit of fill in the gaps yourself. Uh, I expect him to at than... least be looking at people's feet, take your shoes <laughs> off. You know, oh, something that kind of like escalated the the tension. Yeah. As soon as what, we finish what, this what, ice cream, how about I cut off a toe? <laughs> Seriously, fill fill in the blanks yourself is so important, you know? Yeah, and yeah. and like uh you just reminded me by the way with the names of Taserface from Guardians oh, of the Oh yeah, Taserface. Uh, yeah. But, yeah. But, but um <laughs> fill in the blanks, so important. Every single motorcycle in this movie is a Kawasaki. And yeah. they they go to great lengths to cover that up. They put all sorts of like bolted on panels uh, mm-hmm. all on those different motorcycles. But every single one of them is a Kawasaki. And once you start to notice, oh look at that! And, you know when they wreck it, I can see the word Kawasaki on the side of the gas tank. Mm-hmm. Every when you start to notice, you have your brain is like, wonder why all the motor. And like for me, my answer was the motorcycle gang. They jacked a shipment of bikes at some point oh. in the past. Oh, sure. You know, like, right. There, was a, there yeah. was a shipment headed to Melbourne of Kawasaki bikes, and they jacked it, and they you know, stole them all. Yeah. And like mm-hmm. that, that kind of thing, if you know, like that's good for you as a, as a viewer, I yeah. think. I, I love filling the blank stuff that, but that, that does it properly. Like if you don't do it well, you're just confused or you're something's count contradictory. Like, Haunted house movies, they don't follow their own rules. So I hate those yeah. and they kind of drive me crazy yeah. the whole time and I can't focus on the story. In this, in his case, in the movies this guy makes, um, there's a simplicity to them which helps, I think, but the blanks are easily filled in. Like I'm not having a hard time connecting the dots and more so in, in subsequent films. Like as soon as Road Warrior happened, um, that was not hard to fill in the blanks. Like I just knew, all right, burned out horrible world. Somehow Max is still here. Uh, <laughs> things are shitty. They got gas over there. That guy wants it. Just walk away. Guy with, just a, walk away. Guy with a hockey mask wants it. Yeah, exactly. It was a lot clearer motivation when, when you say that everything involves cars and then you go, Oh, and there's a, there's a limit on fuel. Then, then it, then it escalates. Then, then you have a real conflict going on. Whereas in this one, it, it only seemed like it didn't seem like anybody had trouble getting fuel. They just wanted to steal it. 
Yeah. You know, it wasn't it wasn't right. like that. Yeah, they did right. this thing in the video. So I played the video game completely. I loved it. Uh, oh, okay. The Mad Max game. And there's this really great uh, thing they do in there where they really lean into some of those ideas. For example, the cars are treated like temples by many mm. of the people in that world. Like it's it's become a symbol of religion and power and and it matters that you have one that runs. And so to have one that runs, you need a mechanic who knows what he's doing. And those mechanics are almost like monks. They're like misshapen and uh, you know, burned and and scarred, but they they know the magic of what it takes to get a carburetor back to f- working order hmm. or how to make a tire uh, still work even though you're just on the rim or whatever. Like weird stuff like that, they really lean into it in the game and it really helped fill that stuff out for me because um, you know, the, the his car, Max's car, is nothing short of a, of a holy relic in that world. Right, right. And yeah, it's the last V8, right? Yeah, yeah. And you can take that to the extreme. Uh, my one of my favorite scenes in the film is when Max goes and confronts Underground Mechanic, and Underground Mechanic is on a creeper, and Max is like lowering the jack of the car over. It's so yeah. funny, yeah. and it's like a, it's like a great little scene. But from that moment on, man, things do not go well for Max. No, and it's like you could you could see something of like a, a moral uh, conclusion. From you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, ooh, he went and assaulted the uh, the godly mechanic. You know? Yeah, yeah. There's a there's a theory in Reddit that this is all in his head. So when his kid and uh, wife died, that society's kind of normal. Like it's not that weird. She they get killed by these bikers, and he just loses it. And that everything in the future is a figment of his imagination. He's just he's just seeing all this shit like oh, Thunderdomes really? and <laughs> who runs Barter Town and all this. Like none of it. <laughs> None of it is actually happening. It's all in Max's head, which is a really weird thread to go down. But part of what I like about it is that people do this. I like that they go all in on wacky ideas because they get to fill it in. Therefore, they get to have their own ideas. If I was George Miller, I'd just be grinning at that. I would love that. Even if it was Am I remembering correctly that there were flashbacks in a couple of the other movies where he remembers his wife and child getting killed? And Well, they're even in the new one. He's There's a scene where Tom Hardy's running through the... Well, actually, at the oh, very beginning, right, there's like right, flashes. There's flames or something. Yeah, like a, yeah. And it's a little girl, or maybe it's a boy with long hair. I'm not sure. But it but it does have like a, why did you leave us, Max? Why did you, you know, that kind of stuff. Going yeah, on. right, right, right. So he's always mm-hmm. dealing with that stuff. But I like when they leave it vague so that we all sit around coming up with our own theories. That's fun. Like, that's fun <laughs> for they, movies. I love that they in science reveal fiction. In the film, it. did they reveal in the film that she succumb to her injuries i had read later that she did yeah, but that's in, in film, wikipedia like, but but no last you see of her last that she's mentioned it seems is just seeing her on the hospital bed and they're like right. yeah it doesn't it look, look good but she'll be fine mm-hmm. the doctor said she'll be fine now it like her arm was gone i was like oh is that the revenge part that they run over her arm and to get back at <laughs> the moron who threw the chain <laughs> on the back of the yeah. <laughs> the back of the wagon and got his arm ripped off by the way shooting a bird Whenever they show it, he's an idiot right. though. He deserved that because he did it. She had nothing to do yes. with that. So exactly. Don't exactly. blame her he, for your hand. You idiot. It was also a little vague. The reason I, I, you know, read to, to kind of fill in the blanks, but the reason that they were listening in on his conversation with the mechanic, when they were showing max, the brand new, uh, souped up interceptor. And uh, it's like, oh, okay, they're doing that as a bribe to keep him on the force, which clearly didn't work. 
but it almost seemed like it was like an entrapment situation where it was a, yeah, you know, you're, you're accepting this gift and we can use this against you to keep you on the force later on. Right. Yeah. 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 There was a, there was definitely a, um, see, and this is where the movie breaks down for me because there's too much organization there. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's not, that's not, there's no chaos to that. That's, People trying to retain people on the job. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. It's, it's just, not, not super dystopian. Yeah. Taking place in the halls of justice, but still not terribly, not terribly uh, oh dystopian inside. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's up the police chief. I mentioned him in the intro. His the name flower, was Fifi. Plants, uh, <laughs> he is just the, I was trying to figure out. I, I've seen that kind of character before, but I couldn't quite place it. Is it is it a trope character? I couldn't I couldn't quite place the character, but it felt very familiar for some reason. Yeah, I don't know I don't know why. I mean, there was definitely a there there were things like that in here, and also like somebody said earlier that the accents aren't really the problem. There's a lot of audio problems with this thing, though, just the way it's recorded. And so I'm sure there's story I didn't hear. Yeah. Oh, you know? a yeah. lot of story on the radio. The they have radios playing oh, in those yeah. cars, right. and there's so much that like. If you turn, you, yeah, I went back and turned on the subtitles so I could understand what the lady on the radio was saying. And sure enough, it's all subtitled. You have tons of dialogue coming in from that yeah. dispatcher if you want to go read it. Because well, yeah. great... I couldn't figure out why uh, Knight Rider was, was so upset when he saw Mel mm-hmm. Gibson's character. Right. I assumed that they had, you know, he knew it was Mel Gibson, before. but one, yeah, but he heard it over the radio or something. I wasn't quite sure. I don't know. What he, he knew that Mel Gibson hated Jewish people, and he was very sad. <laughs> it was. <laughs> you know, I actually, I asked her. I asked her that. I said, "Do you think uh, Mel Gibson hated Jews even back here?" Like, <laughs> right. Yeah, you think so? Even in his early twenties. Is that far back? Yeah. How far back does it go? <laughs> I mean, he was what, like twenty-one or two or so something. So young. Yeah, very young. Yeah. Yeah, he was I, like 2013. He was like a teenager. It was yeah. amazing to see how young he was. Yeah, he was about right. to have a real career. He just didn't know it. Mm-hmm. Um, check this out. I love this. So I haven't heard this interview, but I want to now. 2015 interview they did post Fury Road's release. It was a show called the Jeff Goldsmith Podcast. Uh, George Miller was on it. Said that it was not the intention when the script was written to set it in a post-apocalyptic world. This was done because they didn't have the money or extras and property or properly maintain buildings in order to cover for his production and value or sorry and value limitation the title card was added to the beginning explaining that the story was set after a world war uh, this accounts for why there is generally more of an established society in this film than any of the sequels combined um so yeah like this again another sign of like yeah we we just didn't have any money so Mm-hmm. Interesting. My happy, know, it's I a happy accident, is why is what right. happened. And when we watched it, it didn't say after a world war. It just said no, sometime a few in the years future, in right? the future. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A few years from now, I think is the way they. Yeah, yeah. What a smart way to do that, though. Yeah, what totally. Yes, because it doesn't lock you into uh, yeah, the twenty twenty. Somebody or, going, oh well, here we are at twenty twenty, and none of that yeah. stuff has happened. Come yeah, on, right. like even yeah. things like Blade Runner, which was set in what. 20 2040 oh the new one's 2049 yeah the old one was, was 20, 10 year difference or something or 20 year difference something like that right like yeah they've they've leaned into it and it's fine but mm-hmm. i do that does annoy me like when you tell me the the even in star trek where they jump out to 23 you know or uh, 23rd century or whatever i'm okay that with that because i'm never you gonna see email? it 
But they'll say things like, oh, the eugenics wars with Khan, that happened in 1997. I'm like, oh, geez, freaking 97. You all thought 97 was so far in the future, didn't you, back in the 60s? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So just do like this, say, <laughs> in the far-flung future, or, you know, Star Wars yeah, does yeah. it. Long time ago in a galaxy far, far away is yeah. such a great break. you got no rules. reference. You don't eBay. know. Yeah, be yeah. vague. Be vague. I don't need dates. Just don't need them. I don't need dates. No, nope. <laughs> it doesn't help. It doesn't help me. It does it nothing. Doesn't to the help. Thing. It absolutely locks you in. If you're gonna say, "Hey, we're RoboCop. Cool. Uh, what's your deal? Oh, we're Detroit, and it's the future. I don't need to know the date. Just that it's the future. That's it. Done. Upper mm-hmm. Murphy, go do what you got to do. Upper Murphy. If we did, if we did unique names for every episode, I would insist that this one be called "Fill in the Blanks" because that really, that really is what we're talking about. Yeah. The the magic of giving the audience uh, some, basically, some artistic control over yeah. what's going on and trusting them to 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 have that power means that you have you have a responsibility to kind of nail it. And not be tempted to fill in some of those holes for them so that it jacks up the other holes. Like you've got to be just, you got to be so confident in your source and just say, all right, I'm doing this thing. Here it is. Okay, audience, now you fill in the blanks. And if that works, that is kind of magic. It's great. Yeah. And and low rent TV series get this wrong all the time. They, They want you to be dumb. And so they are constantly reminding you of what the characters' names are and why they're here and what their story is, you know? And that's unfortunate. Yeah, I hate that. Right. And, well, you know, TV shows, I kind of, uh, I don't know. It's different with TV show because, like with a movie, it's all self-contained. But a TV show, you kind of have to almost make sure that if anybody just joins at any point in time, that they they can at least have a good enough time to go back and watch. Well, you know things. what? It depends. I'm not on the saying it's a good idea. It I'm depends just on the show. Like, like if you're talking about the A team, yeah. I agree because the A team yeah. they're like, wait, what are they doing? Oh, well, they're trying to get this bank to give the people our money. Yeah, back. you can okay. watch. Who? You can watch. You can watch any episode of the A team, and I've never watched <laughs> an episode gonna... of the A team, and you know what's going on. Right. 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 There. And but but and so yeah, the dumbness is is. But if you're okay, if you're talking about something like Fargo, which I'm in the middle of the fourth season and loving every damn second of it. Um, right. it's a complicated, messy story to tell. And if you're not paying attention, you're going to get lost. And that's, I would rather have that though, because I don't, I don't want to be treated like I'm dumb. I want to do the work on my end to like hold on to the threads and pay attention to these right. characters. And if they've done their job right, then I'm hooked and, and I am. Um, but I think we're mostly talking about network TV these days. Their dramas are pretty dumb, you know. Yeah. Like if you're going to watch yeah. Blue Bloods, they're going to remind you every five seconds about <laughs> everything you already know, and you know. And no offense, like Blue Bloods, I is, have never seen cool a single episode of Blue Bloods. My wife likes it because she likes dumb TV. She can sort mustaches. of half ignore. Yeah, she likes like Tom Does Does Tom Selleck even have a mustache on that show? Oh yeah. Does he oh, even my, have a mustache? Oh yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, he, he does. He brought it back. Okay. Yeah, he yeah. had to bring that back. You kidding? That other thing was not. You can't have it face without that for him that's i not didn't a, know if it was i didn't know if it was back it would, be, it would be such a mistake though for him to ever <laughs> not have a mustache <laughs> sir we hired your mustache not you he's the opposite right. of all other people all people shouldn't have a standalone mustache except <laughs> right. him and he should never have anything but that yeah yeah such a weird thing that oh. guy's got going anyway now we now we got to watch quickly down under let's do it 
I'm ready. Yeah, but, or but, Alan Quarterman. Or that. Oh, 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 just not that thing we watched last week. Oh, now that we've seen, what? yeah, now that it's maybe too soon after uh, <laughs> leaving Extraordinary soon. Gentleman. Yeah, yeah. Too, too <laughs> soon. All right. Uh, yeah. Let's do some clips. Speaking of soon. Oh, whoa, whoa. Um, before we do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, can I, I have a guess for what Gross got out the most? Oh, please. Oh, yeah. Oh, I got, a, I got a, actually a, t- a tie. So let's see how you do. Oh, uh, maybe okay. play this first, I guess. <laughs> Gross. All right, go ahead. I think that's getting longer too. Um, <laughs> I think it's uh, French kissing the mannequin. Ding, ding, ding! Really <laughs> interesting. All right, so French kissing the mannequin. How about, which how about, is like, how about ice cream licking? That came close. Else. That's in third. But here are my here are my right, two right, tops because right, right. Brian got the right one. So making out with the dummy was gross. Not because just kissing the gut dummies. Whatever. It's I yeah. Don't you care. don't know what's where that plastic has been. But that dude is licking its nose and just eating yeah, its face. Yeah. It was foul. Yeah, all right. So yeah. that's number one. Number two all in. was a guy. There was a guy running away that had his pants off. And, oh yeah, yeah. He got yeah. raped. Yeah, and his bum was all red, and it grossed me out. Oh, red bum. Yeah, yeah red Rose bum. just got out. Did not know that. Yeah. That's Naked red bum list. guy. Yeah, hmm. he grossed me out. Yeah, I didn't know red bums were a thing. <laughs> red bums. <laughs> it was very... So what is it? So baboons? Uh, yeah, yeah, a little like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. A little like that. I had a baboon once at a zoo walk up to the mirror, look at me, or the window, look at me, then turn around slowly and mush its butthole up on the thing. <laughs> I never got over looking, it. Is this what you're life. looking for? Is this what you're looking for? I never got over it. It was horrible. All right, anyway. Uh, okay, well done, good. Brian. You you know exactly what grosses me out. Um, also, I was afraid. I was afraid how, how far they were going to take it with that dummy. I kept thinking, oh please, let's be done with the dummy, please. And it's like licking surfaces in general, like that's always gross. But we're in COVID nineteen, yeah, and so worse. it's hard really, not to put it in that perspective. Yeah, you really notice it when when somebody's licking a surface. Plus, that guy did like it was there, and he did. Even though it was, I'm sure it was, it was clean. Real. You can't fake that, right? And he really looked like he enjoyed it. And the sun was glancing off the spitty tongue that he had out. And I just, it There's, was hard to watch. This, this reminds me of a question I've, I've been wanting to ask Scott. Why, why is it when I hand you an apple, yeah. you're about to eat the apple. You're going to, every part of the edible part of the apple is going to go into your mouth mm-hmm. and that's fine with you. But if I hand you an apple and say, I need you to lick this apple, you're going to be like, I don't want to lick the apple. Yeah, that would be Mm -hmm. that would be. First of all, I think part of that is just it's a weird thing to ask. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Like, why? when when has anyone ever asked you to lick an apple before? Um, So that's number one. But even if even though if it was more common. I mean, I would probably do it if I could just give me a minute to clean it, you know, like just to make sure it's not gross but you're right yeah mm-hmm. i don't i don't I, I wash apples before i eat them anyway yeah um, do you which, wash apples just, water, you wash just water or uh do you use anything else well sometimes if there's water i'll do that because i know like this grocery store we use does fresh produce stuff that's been sprayed and i just you just yeah. you know rinse the spray stuff off um mm-hmm. but sometimes if i'm just there's the bowl here's an apple and it's me i'll just rub it on my shirt I don't care. Yeah. Wow. I mean, if you got to rub it, yeah, you got to rub it in your shirt, right? Yeah. yeah. But, but I think, on your shirt. But if I said lick your shirt, you'd be like, no, no. Right. And, and well, yeah. I think, and I think licking an apple, even if you're intending to eat it, you're wanting to clean up more before you lick it than you would if you were just going to eat it. Yes. Yeah, because the purpose of licking it would be able to get whatever is off the surface, right? So that would be, that would but be 100% eat it anyway. Germ. Yeah. You could just yeah. eat right. it. 
just to eat it then if you're going to, but you know, like if you bite into it, then, you know, you're getting mostly apple with a few germs where if you lick it, you're getting all germs, no apple, but you're going to eat the whole apple anyway. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, of course it does. But I'd be more inclined to clean it if I'm going to lick it than I would to eat it. And I just feel like that's such a weird thing. It is weird. Yeah. It is weird. I, like I said, I, I think it's not because if, if you lick it, you're getting <laughs> no, a hundred. Right. <laughs> if, you, if you lick it, you're getting a hundred percent germs. That's all you're getting. Whereas if you bite it, you're getting mostly apple with some germs. Now at the end, when you do the math, you've got as many germs. You're still going to have all the same germs. Right, right, right. But no, but when you lick it, you're just, just getting the, the germs. It's so the, just so you germs. think that the percentage, like if I take yeah. the germs in that slowly like along I'll with eat, the rest of the apple. Right. 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 I'll eat I'll eat uh, hamburger meat knowing, you know, that maybe a part of it is probably bugs. You know, this you sure. know, probably got in the machine. I'm fine with that. But if you just said, here, eat just the bugs, I'm going to go, no, no, I oh, need. Yeah, well, but if we say it's like, ratio. let's say it's not germs. Let's say it's just a little bit of uh, a little bit of poo. A little bit yeah. of poo. Right. A little bit if of poo. It, a little you're bit eating of all poo. that poo, whether it's you eat the apple all at once or you lick them the apple. Right. If it's ninety nine percent, if it's ninety nine percent hamburger meat and one percent poo, I'm going to eat it. But if if you just hand me the one percent of poo and you're go here, eat this, all I'm the go, poo all at once. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. no, I'm not eating that little. Okay. Piece of poo. If somebody told it. me my hamburger has one percent poo, I'm not eating the hamburger. I'm not going near. Well, it. guess what, Scott? Guess what? But would you lick it? Um, I mean, look, no, I, I understand what Dunaway is saying is that no matter what I'll, I can go, whatever I eat today, probably got some particulate of something in it. I get it. Yeah. Right. But I don't know that going in and I'm not thinking about yeah. it. If you know, if you say to me, there is a quantifiable single percentage point of poo in this burger, please eat yeah, it. Yeah. F right off is what I'd say. Yeah. yeah. I'm not doing that. I'm just, I'm, well, I'm, I'm hundred percent with you on that. <laughs> I, I feel like you guys got away from my initial point. Well, of course I did. Your, your point was real. My, my <laughs> point, my point was not necessarily about the germs on the outside of the apple, but the act of licking yeah. it. Like yeah. if I'm if I make this fantastically cooked steak and then I cut off a piece of the meat and it's on my fork and I put it in my mouth, you're like, oh, he's eating steak. If I stop on the way to my mouth and lick the slice of meat, mm-hmm. you're like, that's freaking weird. Yeah. I, I don't, I, you know, it's the licking for some reason. You know, I, I the, think, and it is odd maybe because maybe when somebody licks something, I feel like I've got to watch. Whereas if somebody's eating something. I observe it and I look away. When they're looking it, for some reason, I feel like I have to be engaged. Why is that? Maybe that's what the problem. But what if it's a thing that's normally licked? Like you wouldn't care if they were if it was a, an oversized lollipop, if it's ice cream, right? Pachuca or something. Yeah. yeah. Right. Right. But, but, in, but in every one of those cases, if somebody said there is an <laughs> there is an ounce of poo in this, I'm still not eating. It. I'm just not eating it. How about a half ounce? Yeah. Half an ounce of poo. <laughs> no. What's your, what's your poo threshold? I don't what have do a poo threshold. Starbucks? What nope. do you think the Starbucks people would do if I if I went in there and got a, a cake pop and then just started licking it like it was a lollipop? I would now, did laugh. You pay for this first, I want to be there. I want to film this. <laughs> I mean, that's a great idea. But but for real, yeah. like just you know, like I know Dunaway, you're right. There's stuff in everything, and I'm breathing it in for now, right now, as far as I know. <laughs> There's stuff in everything, but this none of it is intentional and or, or none of it is deliberate. You know what I mean? Right, right. Yeah. That's what that's my argument is. It, licking is intentionally taking in 100 percent of the germs because there's no reason to lick it other than to consume 100 percent of whatever you're doing. Yeah. Whereas biting is mostly, uh, you know, nutrition. Yeah, you're getting the food bit. along with the thing, but it's still. Right. But but then there's this caveat of oh, there's poo in that apple. Okay, well I'm not eating it. Right. There's still like no. I don't want to watch anybody kiss anybody because I'm like that's great and all a peck is fine, but like the French kissing, I don't. I'm not gonna look at that. I'm I'm not gonna look at it because I don't. 
Yeah, but I don't want to watch. I don't like watching that either. I don't want to see that. Mm-hmm. I saw I somebody that. doing that um, on a, let's see, where were we? Corner Road, uh, St. George Boulevard. People who live in southern Utah don't know where this is. Actually, we watched the car. Some of it was filmed there. But anyway, uh, there's a couple on the side of the road over there, and they were making out, just macking hardcore on yeah. a bench. And more power to them, whatever. I don't care. But I don't it's want to look at them. Sport. I don't want to look at them slobber and tongue all over the no. place. I don't want to see it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I don't understand why they put it in TV shows. I'm like, I don't want to see this. Yeah. I, I mean, it's a great thing to be involved with, but it's not something I want to watch. <laughs> it's it's just like, just like the death of Mad Max's wife and, and child. That right. can happen off screen. I don't <laughs> yeah, I don't want to see that. You know what? Hold on. I want to make a poster that says French kissing. It's a great thing to be involved with. I want to write yeah. that down. But 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 not watch. I don't want to see that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, this, Randy, this, movie starts, this movie starts with some people having sex out in a field and they're completely yeah. naked and yeah. then they run away and i couldn't help but wonder if that if they were if they knew they were in the movie like what if right. they, right. people oh, those real people across oh i didn't think of that yeah that's true yeah you got any clips of that no <laughs> not audio <laughs> but i thought it was so weird that you were gonna snipe this poor couple i'm like they're just let him oh, I don't think fun. they were going to snipe him. He just—that's yeah. the only thing he had that he could could binocular out yeah. to him. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he could be a see. pervert. Oh, yeah. you're right. Yeah, I guess he wasn't going to hurt anybody. But anyway. yeah, uh, use the tools that you're given. Hey guys, talking about Raycon wireless earbuds. My favorite little earbuds, They're right here in front of me. In fact, all charged up, ready to go for the day. I got a bunch of stuff I got to do. It's going to put me outside for a bit, and I need my earbuds. So that's what I'm going to do, and I'm going to use them. Oh, it's so great. It's never too early to start gift shopping for the holidays, by the way, especially because today you can save big on a gift that they'll use every day. Raycon Wireless Earbuds. R-A-Y-C-O-N is how you spell that name. And we've teamed up with Raycon for a limited time. They're offering 20% off your order at buyraycon.com slash filmsack. I really love these things. Um, I kind of had to re-up my commitment to exercise this last week. And as a result, I am out walking about in the cold. I love doing that. I love winter walks. And uh, I'm wearing my Raycon Buds. I'm also on the treadmill this morning, jogging. Guess what I had in my ears? Raycon wireless earbuds. Yeah, that's right. It's amazing, and I love them. And nobody else can hear them. I can't hear other people when they're trying to annoy me. Not that they're trying, you know. They're nice people and everything. But I can just focus on what I'm listening to, be it music or audiobooks or whatever. With seamless Bluetooth pairing and a comfortable noise-isolating fit, you can start listening right away. Keep your listening happening for hours. The audio quality is amazing, comparable to what you get from other premium brands, except Raycon started about half the price, which is just nuts. So, this holiday season, get them something they can use for calls or music, for work or play, at home or on the go, or pick up a pair for yourself. Trust me. You're going to use them every day. I do. You will too. Their newest model, by the way, is the Everyday E25 Airbuds. They're their best ones yet. Six hours of playtime, seamless Bluetooth pairing, more bass, and more compact design. And they just fit and just sound amazing. Go to buyraycon.com slash filmsack today and get 20% off your Raycon order. But hurry. This offer is only available for a limited time only, and you don't want to miss it. That's buyraycon.com slash filmsack to get 20% off your Raycons, buy raycon.com slash filmsack. 
Okay, now we can do uh, sound files. <laughs> now we can do clips. Yeah, yes. yeah. So here come these clips. They're coming at you fast and hard. I don't have a ton because this movie, again, it's not a dialogue like movie, kids. but uh, oh. there's some stuff. Like this annoying laughing when the guy was looking at the naked couple. <laughs> All right, there's that guy. He's pretty great. Uh, here's when you know you're screwed when the guy uses the word snafu. We are 100% snafu. Snafu. Mm. Yeah, I've never said that. Situation normal. Yeah, all fouled up. It's not all a. It's, it's not a verb. I don't. I don't understand using it as a verb. Snafu'd. Yeah, I don't either. You don't snafu yeah. something. Right? And he didn't. And he didn't put a d at the end, which I figured that actually would be the way to to use it. Oh, we are we are so snafu'd at this point. Yeah, we're pretty. We got food right up the snaff. All right, yeah, we're food. <laughs> we food right up the snaff. <laughs> we're food. Um, I won't. I wrote what here because I don't know what he said. So you guys help me translate. Here you go. Just happened, Mitch. You know, piece from here and a piece from there. What? You, what? Oh yeah, a that's piece that. from here and a piece from there. Uh, yeah, that's our cue. Oh, uh, he's talking about building Max. the car, right? He's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. building oh. all like the piece from here and a piece from there. Got it. All right. I couldn't tell if they were trying to like, I don't know what they were doing there. That's fine. Sure. You can do whatever they want. Uh, Piers and Morton Joe. I mean, Toe Ripper Jr. Or Toe Cutter. <laughs> Here you go. Okay. Anything I say. What a wonderful philosophy you have. That's a weird sentence, isn't it? Mm-hmm. What a wonderful. Normally people say you have a wonderful philosophy, but he says, what a wonderful philosophy you have. There's something weird about that. Yeah. I like it. There, he's well, he he's my pick for putting jokes. a plastic thing on and hoses on his face and meeting me at the gates of Valhalla. All right, moving on. <laughs> Night Rider. Night Rider. Well, well, well. Now the reason I played that one is, I just, and I want to do this one more time. There's this weird sound after he yells Night Rider. Night Rider. What is mm. that? What's that about? Yeah, like an electronic keyboard with a scream. Yeah. Yeah, and this movie is full of both uh, unusual sound effects that are that come in from nowhere, and unusual imagery that comes in from nowhere. Mm. Like when someone dies, and you suddenly see a close up of a crow for a second. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. The birds were weird. Every time somebody died the, in Australia, apparently a bird shows up. <laughs> oh, look, death! Yes, yes, death! Caw, death! Caw. There, there was a crow, and was it a hawk? It flashed by so fast. I meant to go back and look, but. I think it was a hawk on the uh, on the one of the bikers that got killed too. Do yourselves a favor, by the way. And I've told about this before, and I never could find a good clip in in real time, so I won't try now. But um, if you've never heard a raven or a crow speak, and they do speak, they're very oh, good at mimicking. God, it's weird. It's yeah. so weird, dude. They are so weird because they're not because because parrots are like, ah, what are you doing, man? Freaking shut up, man, <laughs> like that. And a raven's like, hello, I'm way down here. Like it's a low, right. weird, guttural thing. It's really yeah. weird. Recommend it. All right. Uh, Recommend it. Here's a, here's a, <laughs> a throat thinny. Oh, thingy. Throat thingy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you guys ever know anyone that had to do that? Like they had their. No, no, I'm surprised. Yeah. I feel like I've seen it. You know, it's on. Uh, yeah, I've been around it. South Park. Yeah. I've seen it in a million things as a reference. Like people from Vietnam War got their throat shot out and they have to wear it. Hold the little machine up to My talk. S- but yeah, never... my stepmom's dad had one. He had had cancer and they had his voice box removed and he would often use that. Well, could could you understand it and stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, most of the time, most of the time I can understand. But I, I think 
pass the he didn't potatoes. say much he didn't say yeah. much and it was usually very direct sentences you know he, he wasn't going to pull that thing out to have some kind of you know weird conversation you know, he, he mm-hmm. it was all it's you gotta know, be brief quick yeah. responses and yeah. Yeah. sure that makes sense Okay, here's uh, Sunday dinner. This is everyone's favorite guy. Look what's turned up for Sunday dinner. All right, then he goes on to say, (laughs) He's great. He goes on to say this. My favorite kind, female. (laughs) (laughs) It's totally froggy from the Little Rascals. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'd forgotten all about froggy. Yeah. I feel like that's the clip that you're going to use on TMS. I don't know why. Uh, I might. I don't know. You never know when stuff's going to happen there. All right. I got this. Uh, I got some audio. This came from, uh, let's see, a friend of, oh, this may have been the girl herself sent this. This is Brian Ibbett's prom night, I guess. Um, I think this is from the girl, the date. Doesn't give her name, though. Anyway, this was okay. apparently part of your conversation. What do you want from me? That's her. Don't change the subject. Jeez. Well, yeah, well. You're dark. Sometimes you gotta talk slow so uh, they understand what's going on. Don't change <laughs> the subject, Mister. We were waiting. The waiter was right there asking if she wanted uh, uh, to, to supersize her meal. And uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, then that's better than I. I was seeing more right, sinister, exactly. so that's fine. Yes, it's that's like, fine. Yeah, come on. <laughs> All right. This next one has nothing to do with your prom night, but it does. It is titled Grunt and Moan. So I'll, I'll play it here. Enjoy. Okay. There's that. Oh, and the last, this is the final one. Uh, it's a great pain sound. We haven't had one like this in a while. There you go. <laughs> I don't know what it is about that one, but it jumped out at me. Okay. On that note. The film sack checklist is available and ready to read. All the cop cars in this movie look like candy. Check. That's a thing. Only vaguely predictive of what would come later in these films. Check. And finally, too normal. Check. I'm going to say it was a little too normal. Not wacky enough. It's the first one. They didn't know what they're doing yet. I get it. But, uh, you know, need more whack. I was going to say, I was going to say, your goose is cooked. Mm-hmm. That was actually going to be my original um, intro uh, Twitter post. Oh, good thing. It's all right. I have another one that I like. I was going to give you both and I'm only going to give you the one. Oh. Mm-hmm. What's the other one? How generous. <laughs> What's the other one? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well done. Uh, connections aren't really a ton. Uh, we couldn't find any. Randy tried to track down some truck stuff. There's none. I mean, this is all done by people and their mm-hmm. friends on a very local level. Uh, the only thing I would, you know, we've already talked about is that Toe Cutter is Immortan Joe from Fury Road. That's a big connection, but uh, one that's obvious. So we're not going to yeah, do This thing only has Mad Max connections. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Right. Which right. isn't Weird. really the point Weird. of connections. So. I guess there's a lethal weapon connection. There's a. <laughs> yeah. You really want to. Yeah. As much as I don't like Mel Gibson and I wish that cancel culture actually was real, I kind of <laughs> wish. I wish he had been in more Mad Max movies. Like he had been in, I can't figure out where he belongs in Fury Road, but I wish he. Right. You know oh, you mean? wanted like, him to make an appearance. And, he I he see. was supposed yeah. to originally. The original plan was this was, and then you wouldn't do it. There was some whole thing back in like the early aughts, or not early aughts, sorry, 2010, 2011, where Mel Gibson was supposed to be involved. And I got to find that reference to that. But there was some scripty thing that had him being max and he was older and it all sounds like a bad idea now but 
you know, mm-hmm. I would be, I'd have been okay with a with a cameo. It's like having um, mm-hmm. uh, what's his name from Planet of the Apes was in that Charlton Heston. Yeah, he yeah. showed up as a yeah. monkey in the in the newer or the the, the other Ghostbuster care actors appearing in the uh, female Ghostbusters. Movie oh right, right, years ago. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't I, mind when they do that. It's fine. I I'm really really torn on the idea of. Uh, and then, and then, thirty years later, we see the same character of, from an action movie play the same role, and he's elderly now. I, I don't love that. I really don't. Yeah. But at the same time, when they're like, "There's a new Blade Runner movie coming," I'm like, Harrison Ford, maybe. Yeah, but Harrison <laughs> Ford. I see they did it right with Harrison Ford, and they did it wrong with Harrison Ford, bringing him back as Indiana Jones and saying, "Hey, at 75, he's pretty active, isn't he?" No, that didn't work. It looked bad. But bring him back as as uh, the uh, Deckard is amazing yeah. in that he was so good in that Blade Runner follow up. He was. I don't think that just that comes said, down to script that said writing. That said, the it. new you know they're they're working on another Indiana Jones movie. I I don't want it without Harrison Ford. Yeah, mm. I don't want them to replace. But I want it them either. to use him right. I just right. think this. We, I mean, we're, I, want, I want him to have a son sucked. that kills him. Uh, that, script, that script. That <laughs> script. That script was just bad. So yeah. I think we can blame it more on that and less on Harrison Ford. He's not the problem. That movie mm-hmm. was just bad. But he agreed and to it. He read the script. Don't think he just can't showed up one day. He read that no, script. He knew what he was getting into. What I mean, it belongs is, in a museum. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm I'm talking specifically about like these lead action people, right? Yeah. Like if you tell me there's another Indiana Jones movie coming, and you say Jonathan Rice Davies is going to be Sala. And he's going to be old. I'll be like, okay, that's fine. I'm fine with that. That's fine. Yeah. I do not have a problem with that. Yeah. But I, part of me really, really wants to see Harrison Ford in a Raiders of the Lost Ark movie. And part of me feels like that's a terrible idea. He is an old man. Yeah. I don't know. Age. It's also different for men than women. Like the older, older actor, male actors tend to get more work in their golden years than than women do and that's annoying right. yeah, that's starting to change though luckily. it's starting to change and you're not wrong and there's always mm-hmm. been examples judy dench is amazing and what's her name who played the queen i always forget her name uh, francine mcgillicuddy the, the, the current the, no, Helen Mirren. the, the for, movie for, the queen um Helen Mirren. Uh, yeah, there you go judy dench oh Helen Mirren. Okay. yeah all those people are great like there are definitely examples of amazing Aging actors who are female, but way and more often yes. you're going to see Mel Linda Gibson Hamilton show up in something. the new Terminator stuff. I thought she was bad egg. Yeah. I thought she looked like she's she great. Could do exactly. So, yeah. That. Again, I'm I'm trying to I'm trying to draw a line around a very small set of things, right? Like I like the Expendables movies, but those are about action stars aging, yeah, right? Like that. Right. The whole point is that these guys are too old for this, right? right? Yeah. And like I it, like it. Yeah. But I don't see. I don't like it, and this is my problem. And people would give me crap. You know, people give me crap about not liking the 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 last Toy Story movies because they're all depressing. Because I'm like, they're at their end of their life. In my mind, they had all you know, they had they went on to live whatever happily ever after story you want to tell yourself. But when you bring them back and you go, oh, here they are, and they're suffering, and and, and things are bad. And I'm like, I didn't want to know that. I, I think oh, you're. I mean, I've, I've, I've personally taken issue with you and your Toy Story hatred. But, yeah. Um, I'm like, I don't, I don't understand know what you're Andy saying. Was a real. I don't. I don't want to know Andy was a real dick. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't even know that. Was Andy a dick? I don't remember him being a dick. Man, was I, he a dick? Or are you just thinking know. of Andy Dick? 
own dick. I'm like, I didn't, I didn't need to know that that you know sad things happened and they got old. I mean, I, I wanted to believe they lived on forever in my mind. And did you just think of Andy Dick? Exactly what I did. That's amazing. <laughs> oh, that's such a dumb, wonderful joke. I love that. Oh, <laughs> uh, I love it. All right. Um, sound. Oh, uh, soundtrack grade. I'd give it a CS for complete shit. It's not good. It's bad. It's a bad soundtrack. Even even Licorice Road. Uh, look. Can, can you can you imagine? I was the whole movie. I was imagining. Just come, just take this movie as is, and just lay in some ACDC under all of those oh, parts yeah. that where they're not talking. Well, like sure. it would have been. So and there amazing. goes the budget. Yeah, 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 yeah. But see, this is what Fury Road did to me. It ruined. It ruined any previous Mad Max soundtracks. They're all bad compared to Junkie XL's take in Mad Max Fury Road. Mm-hmm. It's I, I don't think they're soundtrack. bad. I think they're okay for the time. Maybe. Yeah. But listen to this. I'm just going to play a thing for you. Okay. Oh, sure. Just a quick one. Uh, this won't get us any trouble because it's short. Where is it? Uh, oh, come on now. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Listen to this. Okay, it's playing. That is short. All right, it's got a little build up, but give it a second here. This is when the storm is coming. In fact, the song is called "Storm Is Coming." Let's skip it a little bit. can't compete with that yeah look it's oh, so about good that the stuff. soundtrack oh, in Fury road is sorry so good. just blew out my hearing what but, sorry it's a little loud but <laughs> but look, it's so, i'd like to see you make a better movie for the cash equivalent no, of four hundred thousand dollars i'm not saying i'm not saying you that it could have been done any different and it's 79 and junkie xl wasn't even born yet like there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of reasons why you can whatever but there's it's just made it hard for me to accept those older soundtracks like including the newer you know like thunderdome and all that it's just not it's not very good but it's tina turner i I know it's tina turner she kind of like her in that movie but i'm I'm torn someone i can't wait to watch that for film sake. when is that going to be streaming yeah when are we doing some please someone lay bond scott acdc into this movie and it'll be amazing yeah all of mm-hmm. yeah, it actually would have fit really well. The biker stuff, the car stuff. That's you're totally right. Uh, okay. Now what? Oh, the Twitter post. This is where you guys sum it up in uh, 280 characters or less. And I think this week we'll just throw everybody off by starting with Randy. Mad Max. A couple of honeymooners who live an idyllic life in a cabin on the beach take their baby to grandma's estate on holiday, and on the way they get some ice cream. I give it a solid five out of seven ice creams. Wow. <laughs> a lot of ice cream. Uh, hey, Dunaway, your turn. Brain freeze. Uh, Mad Max, like deciding between sawing through handcuffs in 10 minutes or through your ankle in five, but you really only have two. Hashtag sometime in the future. Hashtag now. Hashtag 2020. The editing of this movie was so cruel. I, that, like He says you have 10 minutes. That thing explodes 42 seconds after. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. It was great, though. Which is why I, I couldn't figure out if he did it on purpose or not. I'm like, ha ha, mm-hmm. you saw your star saw totally your leg. Totally did it make on it. purpose. Yeah. He's mad. Sucker, sucker. Yeah, he's mad. He's, yeah, he's mad. mad. I he's tell mad. you, he's mad. He's mad. Super mad. All right. Uh, Brian Ibbett. Mad Max, always under construction road. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, this reminds me. The the part of the film that was the worst, the absolute worst thing in this movie was that we're in a post a nearly post-apocalyptic future where things are breaking down. It's a almost lawless society and the roads are brand spanking new. Yeah. They look perfect and amazing. Yeah. The paving truck just came past this part of the road. It's, uh, it's so wrong. Bad. Yeah, they got lines on the road and everything. Come on. Well, sure. I mean, you've got a post-apocalyptic future, and uh, you have to you have to keep the roads. Like that's that's essential workers right there. Oh, good point. Yeah. Yeah. How else I, are you going to get around? I. Uh, yeah, oh, those roads point. are so good. They were pretty good roads. <laughs> they weren't quite. They weren't very fury yet. Weren't uh, fury yet. Yeah. It wasn't an empty oh. ocean bed <laughs> quite less, yet. Less we furious still- roads. And it is weird when I think of Mad Max, I don't think of green trees and grass on the sides of things like that's so foreign to me in those. Well, it's because it's just a few years in the future as opposed to the next movies, which are a lot more years in the future. Yeah. Although, I mean, if you're going to look at them chronologically, how many years pass between this and and uh, Road Road Warrior? Yeah, I don't know. Because it seems like a lot changed. What was the what was the actual time like uh, release date difference? Five years, six Uh, years? Eighty five was it? Hold on, no, that's Thunderdome, right? Eighty five is Thunderdome. Uh, Oh, eighty two or eighty one? Okay, only only two years. Jeez, is that true? That's crazy. Thunderdome was eighty five, right? Um, between that, he did an episode of the TV uh, series The Dismissal, and uh, an episode of Twilight Zone. The movie. Oh, did he do? I didn't know that he. Oh, wait, we've, we've talked about this. We have. I just keep forgetting that Nightmare at 20,000 Feet, the segment on the Twilight Zone movie, was his. He did All that. right, yeah. Yeah, 83, he did that. That's crazy. And then after Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, right after that same year, he directed the Tina Turner We Don't Need Another Hero video short. <laughs> well, what if he directed or just clips. the fact that they used clips from yeah, the Yeah, there you go. I think it was his clips. Director's credit. Yeah. Plus, yeah. didn't the credits run? The credits ran with that song, I think. Oh, absolutely. That's yeah. so bad. Oh, my gosh. I like her, and I like that song. Play. Oh, that's a different song. I like her stuff fine. I think Tina Turner's a badass. I'm like None of that's a problem. I just don't think you end your Mad Max movie with a Tina, Tina Turner song. That's just weird. Well, but, you know, you know, that's not uncommon to, like, if there's a single from the soundtrack, you end the, the credits with it. That's not unusual. Yeah. yeah. That's a, okay, it's a fair point. Let's play this again. Just kidding. All right. Uh, moving on. Uh, where the hell was I? Oh, al- alternate titles. Look at this. Oh, man, man. This is crazy. This little card just handed to me. This was almost called How to Start a Filmmaking Career with 100 Bucks and a Case of Beer or <laughs> Immortan Toe. <laughs> oh. <laughs> All right. It could have been Joe Cutter, or I would have said Joe Ripper is what I would have said. Anyway. <laughs> right. A couple of quick emails for you fine folks. This comes to us via the email address, which is filmsack at gmail.com. Uh, we got one from Dustin who says, I'm in the middle of watching Cutthroat Island on Amazon Amazon Prime. Oh, wow. Now I know why everyone disparages it. Why has this not been an episode? Cover it quickly because I don't want to have to watch it again when you do. Thanks for all the wonderful entertainment and dreariest of times, Dustin. Uh, it's been on our list on and off for a while. I didn't know it was on Prime. We probably That probably means we ought to at least look at it again. Over, over the next... Uh couple of months we're watching a lot of things on amazon prime get ready we're basically shifting from netflix to amazon prime. now's the, now's the time to re-up your amazon prime subscription yeah if you yeah. haven't if you don't have it good luck uh another email quickly here from caroline fortuna 
That's also her stance. She's for tuna. Anyway, <laughs> she says, hey, Scott, Brian, Brian, and Randy, I don't get many, uh, sorry, I don't get many visitors while hiding from the Rona, but my mom stopped in to visit briefly. While she was watching Blacklist on Netflix, James Spader said the word scrutiny on the show. Yeah. But she immediately responded with a loud rendition of the, of the film sack meme, the John Mahoney, or Mul, uh, Mul, is it Mul, Mahoney, isn't it? Anyway, he put Mulaney. Mahoney, I think so. Yeah. Uh, pronunciation scrutiny, which I immediately yeah, John- echoed. It was a random, awesome moment for our fandom of your show. I just want to take a second and thank you guys for all that you do. The show has been a source of happiness in a very rough year for Aww. us. My dad passed away in the spring. Uh, terrible thing to go through with the rest of what 2020 has been. Uh, we've been having uh, a pretty hard time, but Film Sack has helped us greatly with our morale. You are all breathtaking. Be well, be safe, Carolyn. Carolyn. Thank you. Carolyn? Caroline. I'm not sure. It's a while, so I think Carolyn. Right. Well, Carolyn, we, we're happy to hear that we can provide some oh, sol- yeah, solace. There's no, right. If there's no E at the end, I would say it's definitely Carolyn. Should be, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Say it right. I hate getting people's names. Say your words. But I'll play this for you and your mom. <laughs> Scrutiny. There you go. Enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, that one's John Mahoney, but it's not it's not impossible that John Mulaney also has used the word scrutiny at some point. <laughs> right. He's telling that uh Just, it's not unusual to be loved by anybody's story. Right, that he tells. The uh the no what's new pussycat. Oh uh, no what's new pussycat. <laughs> so love good. love that. Oh my god. One of the greatest comedy bit things. The salt and pepper diner, I think is yeah, the name of that bit. It's so <laughs> funny. If you haven't seen his stand up stuff on Netflix, people, you should be watching it. Uh, all right, Jamie has provided us with yet another compilation of Ibbitt's prom oh, date right. clips, and this is this is uh, the clip called because we have three of these. We have pr- prior to this is now during, and then we have one that's after the date. So this is all during the date, and uh, it's about two minutes. Enjoy. This is when she wouldn't let him kiss her at prom. And so uh, this is how that went down. I give you a buffalo nickel if you'll calm down just a little bit. There you go. This is you talking to the other people because you guys had a total of two other couples with you. Here's what you said to them during dinner. You guys can sit down in your little chairs and make fun of me. Whatever. It's fine. Yeah. It must have been a bad night. (laughs) This is Brian Ibbett, 1987 prom. He said this sometime during the night. I'm going to give you a few seconds before I come. All right, Scott. Move on. Move. Move on that to the next one. Context. This is actually your principal at the school who was like chaperoning that night, saying this to you and your date. I hate to be ungentlemanly, but we're going to need your clothes. Jeez Louise. <laughs> mm, I know. Hi. Yeah. Brian tries to make his move. All right. So you're trying to make your move <laughs> that night, and this was the response. What are you doing, Brian? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. My prom date had a very masculine voice. <laughs> I don't know what the context is. But. That's my nose, genius. These are my lips. Oh, wow. Brian, did you confuse her nose with her lips? <laughs> I did. Oh, I was I'm trying gonna... to pick her lips, yeah. and she says, no, this is my nose. <laughs> These are my lips. <laughs> this is the night things got weird. This is a weird prom night. Check it out. Five women in white, surrounded by priests in red. You're right. They're to be sacrificed. Jeez, you guys yeah. are weird proms, dude. Brian Ibbett's prom date when he looked at the stars with the date, okay? <laughs> this is what you said when you looked at the stars. There's nothing out there but noble gases and carbon compounds, and you're wasting your time. Jeez, what a rotten date you must have been this is brian ibbett's prom date from when he tried to take her home early on prom and this was her response i thought we'd drink some vodka to get warmer there you go oh nice (laughs) that's amazing jamie thank you for these we have one more that'll be next week and it'll be for the after 
the man. post, yes. Yeah. Post coitus. Oh, wait. Post dates. Yeah, called. well, that was, that's the thing. I think there was a clip there that was definitely in the post. But, oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so there you go thank you for that Jamie is always uh, wonderful stuff you can find oh, him on Twitter so at TMS Mashups he does a lot of stuff for our morning show as well so go check that out alright our next film is Gone in 60 Seconds the Nicolas Cage edition of the film not to be confused with the original 19 when was it 60s something who knows when was that mm-hmm. I don't know no one knows Possibly no. <laughs> no. How could you possibly know? It's you're supposed to fill it in. It's world building. So Steve anyway, Queen, right? Yeah. Uh, was it? No, it was that other guy with the mustache that reminded us of somebody. Uh, anyway, I think we had this conversation. Yeah, don't watch that one. Don't watch that one. Yeah. Don't watch that one. If you don't see Nicolas Cage, you're watching the wrong movie. Right. Exactly. Right. Basically, basically, Jerry Bruckheimer back in in this in this time frame was just looking for anything he could buy, right? Yep. And it turns out there's this old movie that everybody hated called Gone in 60 Seconds. So yeah. Jerry Bruckheimer throws a bunch of money at Dominic Senna and they make an action movie and it's so much better. It's than pretty the fun. It's a fun movie is my memory. Halicki. There you go. Uh came out two th- the year 2000. I want to say <laughs> June directed by H.B. Halicki, produced by H.B. Halicki, written by H.B. Halicki, and starring H.B. Halicki. <laughs> Shut up, really? I'm dead serious, yeah, so H- don't watch that one. H.B. Halicki is the original guy? Yeah, music by Ronald Halicki. No, really? <laughs> I'm, okay. I'm really... I'm Distributed really... by J.B. or H.B. Halicki, Junkyard and Mercantile Company. Wow. <laughs> I am excited that we're doing another Bruckheimer movie because it feels like we've done them all and it's like filling in the gaps. Yep. I agree. It's been a while too uh, since we've seen one of, it may have even been like bad boys two or something. I don't even know. We, we, you know the rock Armageddon top gun. Yeah, it's, they're all, we've, we've seen them all. Almost. Yeah. Is he doing anything now? What's Bruckheimer? I never feel like I see any Bruckheimer productions anymore. Is that just me or maybe he's What's retired? Could be. Mm. Yeah. Brock, I'm just going to find this real fast. Mm-hmm. Um, he's actually he actually produced uh, the new Top Gun Maverick movie. Oh, okay. Well, then maybe he's fine. He's just waiting for that one last year. Uh, he's pushed out to just pushed out to next year. Is it like July? Yes, it's just next pushed year. out to okay. next year. Yeah. Oh, he Bad produced, Boys for Life was his too. Okay. Yeah, he produced all the Pirates Man. Pirates of the Caribbean movies. So the most yeah. recent one was only a couple years ago. Okay. Well, then he's still got <laughs> stuff to say. <laughs> I guess. Um, anyway, <laughs> so we will uh, be back next week with Gone in 60 Seconds between now and then. Oh, and that's, by the way, streaming on Netflix, is it? I believe. Uh, crap. I'd like to tell them where they got to go look. I, I think Amazon Prime. I oh, is it Prime? Double checking. Yes, Amazon Prime. Okay, Amazon Prime for this one. So that's Amazon Prime for Gone in 60 Seconds. Nicolas Cage, not Halicki. Okay. That's it. Thank you all for being here. Big, uh, big thanks to all of you for listening for as long as you have been. I hope you're having a, a decent Thanksgiving week. Try to be safe and not put grandma at risk, will you? Just be yeah, careful. Please out don't there. spread this thing, folks. Uh, please. Let's try to smash that curve one more time. Filmsack.com is our website. You can find us on there. You can also find us on Twitter at Filmsack. Send us your emails, filmsack at gmail.com, and leave us reviews wherever you get your podcasts. That's going to do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. Female. We'll see you next time. Female. Oh, whoops. Hold on. <laughs> this show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Yes. Get more at frogpants.com.